straight out of the book of Matthew chapter 8, 19. The gospel commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then when you get them saved, he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. We've got to teach them all the things you've learned from me. That's the Great Commission. Look over here to the right. It's a little simpler. Reach, teach, send. And that's, that's, what our, our partic- that's what every church should be about. But we specifically as a fellowship of churches believe that tonight, and, and that is our vision. And so we do outreach. We do evangelism. We do things to get people saved to know Jesus. And then... The middle ground is we begin to disciple, just like Jesus did. We follow the Bible pattern. What did Jesus do in the Gospels? He, he, he took the multitudes, preached to them, and then for his ministry, he took aside and chose 12 men. And he taught them the things that he was teaching the multitudes specifically to them. And then he handed over to them the Great Commission and said, you 12 men are going to change the world. That's a pretty amazing thought. You know, here we are in 2017, and the gospel's still being preached because 12 men took a challenge from Jesus. 12 people. And those men turned the world upside down. And so we're following that tonight. We're following that gospel pattern. And and one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing in our church, is discipleship, teaching uh, especially men to lead because that's the Bible pattern for the man to lead his home, amen, and to be a godly example. And so we have a thing called Disciples in the Making. We've been doing it for years, and uh, we've seen the vision come to pass. For anybody that's visiting tonight or new, uh, we have a church in Carrollton, Texas, that we planted, um, I think, almost two years ago now. Uh, our, our youth leader, uh, Dylan and Ashley, uh, were here for several years, got saved in this church, and we discipled them as a couple sent them out, and now they're pastoring and doing a great job in Carrollton. So we're seeing the vision come to pass. I believe very soon, even this year, we could see more churches planted out of here. Amen? And that's the vision. You know, you saw Juan stand up here tonight as a, as a young man learning uh, about God and learning how to stand in front of, a, of people and pray. And so that's the vision that we do. So when you see these men get up here, it's the process that God is doing, amen, in, in, in young people's lives. And, and uh, we're going to continue to do that until Jesus comes back, amen. So tonight we're going to have three awesome men preach messages. Uh, they haven't talked. They haven't, I haven't told them what to preach. The only thing they have to do is preach less than 15 minutes. They can preach up to 15 minutes, but they can't go over. If they go over, Chris will send a shock through the microphone, and they will drop dead. Just kidding. Amen. <laughs> I wish we could do the shock part, though. That'd be funny. <laughs> Just kidding. But we are, they are going to stay in that 15 minutes, and I do always hope that they do at least 12. I don't, you know, we want that to be a little longer than five. But Donnie's going to lead us off, then Robert, and then Dwayne. So they're going to come right in succession. You'll be amazed at how the Holy Spirit flows. Uh, give them lots of amens. Give them lots of support, amen, and give them some love as they come. Donnie, come on forward tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, for he is awesome. I love saying that word because it's an awesome word. Best word to describe the Lord. Uh, Let's pray real fast. 
Uh, Father God, just have your hand over this service, Lord. I pray for just the move, Father God, over this city, over this nation, Lord Jesus, that, you have, that your will will be done, Father God, for people to be delivered tonight, Father God, for people to be set free, for boldness to be instilled in us, Lord Jesus, for you are holy and you are worthy of all the praise and all the glory, Lord God. For anything, any doubt right now, we bind it up in Jesus' name. I pray for just your spirit to protect us, your spirit to guide us, Father God, and guide my brothers, Father God, and guide me, Father God, and thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your mercy and your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the victory that you gave on Calvary, Father God. And Satan, you are defeated in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you, Father. And we come together on one accord to hear your word, to retain it, Father God. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just uh, praying at the message. And it's been on my heart for a while. Jeremiah 29. Of what was God thinking, saving us? Like, why in the world would you die for somebody? Because I know what I used to do. I don't know what you guys used to do, but I was like, why, Father? Why? I don't deserve this. In Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an Expected in, then shall ye call upon me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Amen. Where you, he's plans of good for each and everybody here. No matter what you've done, no matter what you said, just remember, he didn't just go to the cross for the good people. He came and died for each and everybody died for the people that we look and they're our enemies. He died for them. They died for Osama bin Laden. He died for those people that are convicted felons. Father, Father, I ask that you just cover them right now. He sends laborers to them, people. People in prison have been set free and delivered. There's hope because of his heart, his love for us. His heart, his plans for good, not of evil. Heart, the definition of heart, it's not just the muscle in our body. One, it's innermost character, feelings or inclinations. A man after God's own heart, after God's heart. And his heart to love people, a wrench like us. Nobody in this room is perfect. But through Christ Jesus, we are saved. Hallelujah. There, there's a time when we have to remember when we aren't feeling like we belong or when we are afraid of stepping out or speaking to somebody about Jesus or if we come into this place not knowing but God called us here. If you don't know Jesus or, if you, or you're in here for a reason, it's not just a coincidence you're in here. It's ordained because he's been calling you. He's been tugging at your heart. Hear my heart. He's wanting us to know his heart and how much he loves us. That he came from heaven to die for us. He came the lowest of lows. Man, I, I, I don't even know if I'm going to get to my notes because that, 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 that man, that, 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 that Lord and Savior, that carpenter, he died and he rose from the dead. And it's proven fact, like Pastor was preaching the last Sunday, that Jesus rose from the dead. 
You can't deny it. Man from Harvard got saved. Praise the Lord. And he has plans for each and every one of us. And I'm not beating a dead horse because I can't stress it enough. No matter what you're going through, any depression, that's the devil trying to make you think that you are not worthy. You know we're not worthy. But Jesus is worthy. And he died for each and every one of us. And those thoughts, bind them up in Jesus' name. Satan, get behind me. Don't be afraid to rebuke the devourer when he comes and tries to instill things in your mind or in your family. Pray, regardless of what's going on. For he is worthy, and he hears us. Like Juan was saying, he hears our prayers, and he will save us. Um, whoa, praise the Lord. Uh, uh, and not be embarrassed of raising our hands for salvation. If you feel God tugging at your heart, you feel that when, if you want to know Jesus, you're Lord and Savior, do not be afraid tonight to raise your hand and say, I need a Savior. I need him. We all need him. Just because you're saved, we can't go a day without him. That's why he says, pray always, without ceasing. Come to me. Give it all to me. You know, once saved, always saved, no. Because it says in the Bible that our names can be blotted out. We have to give it to him daily. And And also for your needs. Don't be afraid to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I, I have a need. I have a need. I, I, I need prayer. I need, I need it. I need Jesus. I need some help. Because when you start holding down your hand, that's pride. And pride comes before a fall. If you're not careful, you, you can find yourself in a dark place. But he's sitting there with his arms, reaching out as we're going underneath the sea. As we're drowning, he's right there. Don't cross your arms and seek all the way to the bottom. Um, and remember what is written in Jeremiah 29, 11. That's an awesome verse. If you, if you need to go back and read it and pray about it because God will speak to you always. And um, the devil says, you don't belong in ministry. I say we know who died on the cross. Jesus did. Also, watch out, Christians, that you're not pointing out who deserves, who belongs in church, or who deserves prayer, or who deserves salvation. That's Jesus' job because there's three fingers pointing back at us. Hallelujah. John 3, 16. How much he loves us. His heart that he came down for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came and died on Calvary. And I, I could, couldn't grasp that. A man came down, died was put in the tomb back in my days, and then the Lord set me straight, but I'm not going to go into that. But know that I didn't believe in Jesus. I used to make fun of all this religion and stuff, but he set me straight. I used to make fun of people that would come up here, playing instruments, but then you realize that he died for it. Just like you would your brother or your sister or someone you love. That same love he put in us because we are made in his image, and he wants us to know who he is. So he came down to help us understand more. And he's coming back to fulfill his promise for our lives and for what he said. Because there's victory in that name. Hallelujah. God keeps it to his promise. The promise and inheritance of God is for us today. Great and precious promises for us today. Great promises. Great promises. We all have been given a plan called on our lives. For example, an alabaster box is given to each and everybody. 
Um, if you can, turn to Matthew 26, uh, verse 6 through 13. Say amen when you get there. <clears throat> Satan, you're a liar. Amen. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, then came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a, a very precious ornament, and poured it on his head. And he said at he set at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had an addition, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For the ornament might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said to them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath worth a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you. But me ye have not always. For in that she has poured this ornament on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say, t- verily I say unto you, who, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that, it, uh, that this, forgive me, woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. We each are given an alabaster box. People want to question why is this person here or have a religious standpoint towards others, uh, forgetting why Jesus came. They may be judgmental, forgetting that we had others wanting to cast stones at us too because we are all sinners. And with all that we have begun to seek Christ with the reputation on our backs. We all have a reputation about where we come from, but God has overcome that. And a lot of times people can't see the um, addict trying to, be, um, trying to get to know Jesus and what God is doing in his life. We see the outward appearance. But we don't know what he's doing with that alabaster box. So it's so easy to say, hey, I'm doing this. I got my alabaster box. and I'm keeping it for myself, but they're not doing that. They're not doing it. Don't worry about that. You have to choose what you do with your alabaster box. The gifts and the plan that God has for you is in that box, and you give it to him. Lord, I want to give you this gift back. Lord, I need to give this to you because I can keep on, keep this all the way to hell, and I do not want to sell it. And if you sell it, you're giving it to the world. You're giving over your life to Satan. God is good. And she saw who he was, and the disciples pointed at her like sometimes we do at people saying you don't deserve you don't deserve that you're you're not ever going to change you can't you can't do that if Jesus could change somebody like us or somebody like me or somebody like you he could save anybody in this whole entire world and he already has hallelujah Jesus Christ you are holy and worthy of all the praise and glory um as I close, I just remember what was done on the cross, what he took for us, that the devil is defeated and chains are broken. And I end with this, a story about a man that was neglected, abused, drew up, was, um, was um, taken in by a gang leader, and he, all he knew was crime and how to, how to beat and be violent and to to do bad things and hurt people and say things and knew in his heart 
that there was something out there that was greater than that circumstance, that the devil was instilling a lie in his, his mind and his spirit, and that was the word struggle, because struggle is a tactic by the enemy. I struggle with this. No, you don't. You're going through something. Give it to the Lord. So he, he kept on going, Lord, I need something. And then he heard. He, he was hungry one day because he was stoned out of his mind. And he called a pizza place. And out of nowhere, this man answered the phone. Hello, can I help you? He said, yeah, I would like to order a pizza. Oh, I don't have pizza. But I have, I have uh, something more precious than pizza. And that's he told him about the word of God. He told him about Jesus and what he did. And first time in his life, he sat on the phone and listened. And he just was trembling, and he hung up the phone. And he stared around him and saw all the room, saw all the evil, and he realized God is real. And if you are real, take me out of here. And God heard his prayer, and DEA kicked in the door and took him out. He had a personal relationship at that moment. God took him out of that darkness, out of his situation, and made him realize that he's given a gift of a good plan, an alabaster box with good purpose to be given back to the king and to be used. God is mighty, and he's willing to save, and he has his hand there. So the man goes on. He, has, he comes back, and he's like, I don't know what just happened. But his cousin was a gang leader, and he told him about it, and his cousin pushed him out of the house, cussed at him, get out of here. You're crazy. You're paranoid, schizophrenic. No. Years later, he saw all the things. He saw protection. He saw provision. At one point, he was going back. The devil wanted him back. God came in and swooped him back. And then he put him in a church. Then he put him with the, a person that he loved very much. And he realized what he wanted in that house. God heard his prayers. He had a wife and a kid and a and victory in a church, and no more um, crazy thoughts, no more violence. He was delivered. He was healed. He was hopeless, and now he has hope in Jesus' name. And that's all I have. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Jesus. Amen. I'm happy to be here. Amen. <clears throat> I'm happy. I don't know what's, where's the, uh, trying to finish in 15 minutes or talking in front of everybody. Amen. But let's go on prayer. Lord Jesus, open their ears and touch their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, uh, if I would name this little 15-minute uh, sermon, I would say, get ready to hear. Amen. There's a lot of people and a lot of Christian people that like to talk a lot. Talk, 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 and we talk to God a lot, and and sometimes we talk so much, we sound like a, one of our kids, you know, they, they, they talk so much, and they don't even let, let us answer, amen? Some Christians probably think that God never talks back to them, but we talk so much that sometimes we got to slow down and, and, and let God talk to back to us, amen? And then there's some other, other kind of people that... Uh, God's speaking to them all the time, you know. God told me to go buy groceries today. I'm like, okay. God told me not to turn on that street. God told me to wear this shirt. God told me to give you this word. I'm like, okay, well, if that's, that's your thing, well, praise God, you know. Glad God talks to you that much. But then there's a middle person 
It's in the middle, like, I put myself on this place. It's like, we got to always be on prayer and, 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 and talking to God, but we always got to be attentive to God's word. He might want to speak to us. So, you know, that's why they say, you know, sometimes you got to stand still because God is God. Amen. And uh, Matthew, I mean, the word of God says, you know, he don't say those who have mouth talk and talk and talk. Amen. Matthew eleven fifteen says, who has ear, let him hear. Amen. Revelations 2, 29 says, who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. Who is the church? That's us. We are part of that church, part of the church of God. Amen. Because, you know, when you talk so much, you see, it's not so important what you say to God. What's important is what God's trying to tell you. You know, you got to pay attention to the Lord. Be attentive, be having that, that ear for the Lord, for the spirit you talk to you, you know. Because if you talk too much, sometimes you're going to miss it. God's going to try to talk to you, and you're talking so much like a kid, you know, you're trying to tell him something, but they keep on talking, you're just like, okay. So I imagine God's like, okay. I'll let you talk, you know, you know all the answers since you're talking so much. We got to have that inner ear, amen, the inner ear for our, our souls so our soul can listen to when God wants to talk to us. And uh, But having that inner ear in our life is can we hear when we're so full of noise in this world, you know, we, we don't even, uh, sometimes we don't like being alone, you know. We always want to be around people in a circle. We always want to be, you know, even though we don't fit in that circle, or there shouldn't be no circle, but, you know, back in the day at school or, or just in general or friends, we didn't even fit in that circle, but we, we wanted to be in that circle so we won't feel alone. We can feel accepted. But, you know, that's not the point. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to be alone. You know, Hebrews 13.5 says, you know, he will never leave you or forsake you. Sometimes when you get saved, supposedly your friends, amen. I went through it. You know, I will, we used to be having a big old car club and 100 plus, and, you know, I quit, I quit partying with them, and they were all gone, supposedly friends. Sometimes family members. You know, you, you give your life to Jesus, you're all excited, tell them. They're so religious in a traditional way that you tell them Jesus, and they're like, wait, what'd you say? That's not our tradition. That's not our religion. And they try to, like, push you on the side. But, you know, that's why Hebrews say he will never leave us or forsake us. You know, your family can forsake you, but Jesus never will, amen. And that's a promise, Amen. So sometimes we were in that, in that group of people that we wanted to be, and it got us nothing but trouble. And this world don't realize now that we're not in the worldly thing, but we want to be in the spiritual thing of God. We're not perfect. You know, we threw, I was talking to one of my old neighborhood kids that I knew, and he always posted on Facebook, you know, get off work, get my drink on, and, you know, and I always complain that he can't see his daughter and granddaughter. I'm like, brother. You can't see it because the way you live, they don't want that around their kids. You got to realize, when are you going to stop and think? It's like, there's, there's a better life out there with Jesus. 
You know, I say, that don't scare me. I used to do that. I mean, I, I used to be in a car club, and Jason, no, I, I used to love drinking, you know, and I had the record for the whole car club drinking 38 beers at one time. And I stopped because we want to go cruise the Fort Worth 28th Street. I said, if I keep on drinking, I ain't going to be able to drive. That was just a ridiculous way of feeling myself that loneliness that I had in my life. Amen. But they never fulfill that. You know, you got you to gotta search God and be by yourself so God can answer you, you know. Uh, Psalm 73, 28 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You seek him and he will come and fulfill what you need. I mean, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will answer you. He will tell us great and hiding things that we never knew. You know, having a long time with God. You know, we use this word intimate time when you get married with your wife and your husband. But sometimes the wives don't have enough with a husband. But, you know, it's not what that means, you know. You know, having intimate time is the beginning of the discovery of understanding God. You got to have the long time with God. You got to have the intimate time with God. You know, a definition for intimate time is associated in a close personal relation. Very private, closely personal. How can you have a personal, a personal relationship with God when you're always in the crowd and don't have long time with Him? Man, I, I thank God that I go work at six thirty, but I'm up usually by four, four fifteen, and I could lay in bed, but it's like I don't like to be late at work. I never been late, thank God. But that's my personal time with God. I, I get ready and I start driving, start praying. I go from Sanger, I'm from Crump to Sanger, be praying all the time. And, and I park in the parking lot and, you know, guys say, man, why you get here so early? I'm like, well, this is my personal time with God, you know. And, you know, I see the beauty of the moon and the stars and I admire what God did and, and just praise him. And, and it's an awesome time because that's my personal time with God. Nobody around me, it's just me and the crickets that are coming out, amen, the, the toe frogs that I don't like, but praise God, amen. Uh, you know, it, we read in the Bible when, you know, Abraham was alone when God spoke to him. Moses was alone on the other side of the mountain when God spoke to him. Jacob was alone when he was trying to fight God, you know. But, you know, even as a woman, you know, when Mary... She was alone when, in the middle of the night when the angel came and told her that she was going to have Jesus, amen. You got to realize being alone is not bad. Being alone is great. You have your own personal time with God, you know. What else do you want, you know? Being alone time is when God reveals himself in anything significant that happened in a spiritual way. The only time that God's going to do that is when you're alone, amen. He's going to speak to you, not when you're around your kids, around your brothers and sisters was his great fellowship with them but you need your long time you know I never used to cry I used to be a bouncer I used to be in a car club and I used to be a little bad to the bone kid when I was in school not because I was big I was no bully but when they they came and asked for it I gave it to them man but I, I never really liked to cry you know but when you open your heart to God man, you're, you're a baby no matter what no matter how tough you think you are 
Are you trying to hold your tears down and it's like a little river just, you know, at first I would try to cover it up and act up straight up. But, you know, once you give it to God, man, nothing matters. You know, you just keep on going. Amen. But can God get you by yourself? Sometimes we're, our life is so cluttered at work. You know, work, 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 or working the kids and going to sports or, you know, go and visit somebody. I mean, when can you give that time by yourself to God, amen? You need to, uh, you need to give that time to God. Sometimes you're so busy, you kind of forget who you are. You know, it's like, what am I doing? If you forget, if you forget who you are, how are you going to know who God is, Amen. You gotta, you gotta keep it straight in life, and and you know have a. In order to you know know God, you gotta self discover with God. You gotta have that private time, and from that busy life, you gotta have to stop and say, hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta have a meditation and reflection with God. You know, that's why you know my work don't pay the greatest, but I got so much free time to meditate with God. You know. Only time, only thing that visits me at work is pretty much the cows and horses. I'm out there in the con, in the, in the county, and uh, but you know, pretty clouds are like, Lord, that's awesome clouds. Are you coming soon? Sometimes the clouds look so so awesome. You know, I like, are you coming soon, Lord? You know, but Psalms one one uh, one forty five five said, I will meditate of the glorious splendor of your majesty and your wonderful works. Psalms one four thirty four say. May my meditation be sweet to him, and I will be glad in the Lord. Amen. That's an awesome way, you know. But we can say, how can we hear? Or how the how does the sound of the Lord speaking to me is going to sound? Well, it comes back to that that inner ear, you know, that we should have in our spirit. You know, be open to it. You know what I'm saying? Hebrews 5.14 says, those who, by reason of use of their sense, exercise to discern both good and evil. That's one way that, you know, we can listen to God and God tell us, hey, be careful over there. Don't, don't, don't turn into, don't go into that building, amen. It, you got to be open and you got to always be attentive. But again, you always got to be concentrated on the Lord, amen. So we have to have that walk with God and so we can hear God. You know, sometimes we go through some hard times and the hard season in life and say, I don't have nobody or nobody can understand me. Not even God is answering my prayers, amen. You know, I went through some hard times uh, a couple of years ago and I was feeling bad. It's like, man, nobody really cares about me. Lord, you know, it seems like I'm not really worthy for nobody, you know, and why, Lord? You know, and that was one of the times I was driving to work. So, you know, I was all lonely in the dark, dark road. And God say, wasn't, wasn't my son worth enough in the cross? Whew. You know, I was, I, I heard it, you know, my spirit, I'm like, oh, Lord, sorry, Lord. I started singing to the Lord. I was like, forgive me, Jesus, you know, because it's all about our Lord came and dying for us. Like Donnie said, you know, he got better plans for us. Amen. But we must be attentive to that voice of God. That he will guide us through this crazy world that we've been living, you know. It's, 
shooting after murder after teachers molesting our kids nowadays. You know, we got we always protect our kids in prayer. As soon as we wake up, before I even get out of bed, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll say my first little prayer. Before I do anything, you know, and then as, as I'm going to work, I'll be praying, you know. Because nothing in this world can can defeat us, amen. Romans 8.31 says, because after all this, you know, it says, if God's for us, who can be against us? Amen. amen. But like Palm, Psalms 46 says, we, we got to be, it says, be still that I am God. Amen. It says, be still that I am God. We got to be attentive, amen, to, be, to, to listen to the voice of God. Because he's a God of refuge and strength, amen. So be ready with that open ear so we can hear that voice. God will speak to us, amen. But we got to have that attentive ear. You know, John, this is the last that scripture. John's 10, 26 to 28 says, but you, do not, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I say to you, my sheep hears my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Amen. It says, I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. You know, and that, that's a promise that if we hear the, the, the voice of God and follow God, we will not have, we will not die. I mean, you know, we'll die in this flesh, but in the spirit, we're going to be with the Lord. Amen. So we got to be like young Samuel when he was 12 years old. When God spoke to him, get us here. Here am I, God. Here am I. Are you ready? Are you ready to hear and say, here am I? Thank you. Amen. It's amazing how good God is. And just how uh, Donnie talked about, you know, just the, the plan. And then Robert talking about us being alone. And I want to talk about the duties of a believer. And so if you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. In verse 36, it says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, 
about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Then a fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And now all who believed were together in all things and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and good and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added daily, added to the church daily, those who were being saved. And that's when you know you have an amazing church. <clears throat> you see new people. People hang out together. Just get to know Jesus. And the first thing we have to do is we have to go out and, and reach the lost. We have to go out and make disciples. In Matthew 28. Verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I, am, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So that's the first thing we have to do as a duty of believers: is go out and win souls. And when you begin to win souls, then it's, it's just something about saying, you know what, I don't know you, but I know that God loves you. And so my duty is to tell you about Jesus. And we do that sometimes through our testimony. Saying, you know what, God, if God can change me, he can change you. Because when we realize that we don't deserve anything that we have, we're all sinners. And when we realize that, man, I used to do a lot of bad stuff, and God still loved me enough to say, hey, hey, Dwayne, come with me. I'm going to love you. I'm going to die on this cross for you, even though you're a sinner. And even though I know you're going to turn your back on me and reject me, my God said, you know what? I still love you. And so we have to show that same love to those that are out there. And once we go and we get them in there, then it's time for discipleship exactly what this vision is we first have to evangelize and that's going out and once they're in then it's our then it's our turn to and the second thing is we have to continue steadfastly in in the word which means we have to go and we have to disciple them we have to teach them this word and if you'll look at um verse um 40 Two. And it says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Once they come in, it's, our, it's up to us to say, hey, you know what? I know that you just saved, and so I want to tell you about the Bible. I want to show you what the Bible says. Because when we first go out, it's okay, let me tell you my testimony. And then when they come in, it's, let me show you what the Bible says about this, about that. You know, you just... Different situations. You, let me tell you what the Bible says about that. In the Second Corinthians, it talk about all the scriptures, 
are of God. It says, all scriptures are breed out, out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. So that's our duty. We have to teach those when they come in. We can't just bring them in and just let them just sit there. Because then they, they won't grow. It's up to us to help them grow. And, um, and the second thing we have to do, I lump these two together for time, but we have to, it says in verse 42, it says, after the steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship in breaking of bread. What that means is we got to get together and hang out. Because first we get to what Robert talking about. We got to get together. We got to get by ourselves so that God can speak to us. And then after that, we come together as a church. Because if our personal life isn't anything, then our, our together group isn't going to be anything. Because we're only as strong as our weakest link. Amen. And we're all one body in this place. And so when we get alone with God, he strengthens us that we can go and we can be together as a group. And when we become together as a group, we go out and, and we just hang out and have a good time. But our conversation should be of Jesus Christ. It should be as Jesus Christ was sitting right in that room with us. It shouldn't be, okay, well, no one's here, so and I'm, let's just talk about whatever. It should be edifying. Amen? And it says... um that I've stored up in my heart that it may not um, sin against me. And that's in uh, Psalms 1, 119. And then in Hebrews 10, 25, it says, Not forsaking assembly together, as in this manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much as, as you've seen in the day approaching. And what that means is we just have to get together and lift each other up. You know, we're spending time together. It's like, okay, well, we're spending time together. What are we going to talk about? Bible says that out of the abundance of our heart the mouth speaks so if every time we get together we never speak about Jesus what's really in our hearts what's really in our hearts and so when we do that we have to I mean we had an amazing time last night I mean it was and when you leave a place after Philip fellowshipping and, and breaking bread and worshiping and, and just doing those things, you should be able to have, say, I had a good time. And I know that if I invited Jesus to that place, that he would have had a good time too. And so last night, I mean, we was just in there, we was just singing songs and just praising and worshiping. I mean, it, it, and it was kind of late. But we, you know, it was, it was late, but it was amazing. I mean, the whole time I was there, I hadn't been asleep. I'm like, man, I need to go. And so I go and look, see if my wife was ready. And obviously she wasn't. So, you know, I went back in there and started listening to some more music. And then we turned it on to, to some praise and worship music. First, we was having a, a rap session, Christian rap music session. And then I think I shut it down. Amen. And then after that, we went and, and, and then we just turned on the praise and worship music. And you just seen we had a we had a couple of teens in there. We had old people in there. I mean, it was, I think I, maybe I'm the oldest, so damn. But anyways, 
you know, we had people in there, and we was just lifting our hands up. We was all throwing out different songs, like, hey, put this one on. You know, we were just praising and worshiping. And before I know it, it was 2, almost 3 o'clock in the morning, praising and worshiping. But you can't get that if you're by yourself. You can't get that when you're just sitting there and don't know what to do. Or you can't get that if you're just in a place where Jesus never come up or the things of God never come up. And so when you in a group, it has to be that one person who says, hey, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to throw some Jesus in somewhere. You know, I can't just spend this whole time just talking about everything else but Jesus. You know, so we, I mean, it, it, it was absolutely amazing. When you leave a place, you should be able to say, hey, God is awesome. And I thank God for putting that together. And then the last thing it says in verse 42, it says, and in prayer. And that's where I just want to spend the last few minutes just talking about in prayer. Because we had an arts and jazz festival we had a couple of weeks ago. And we went out reaching. And we was talking to people. And I remember just talking to these two guys. One, I don't remember his name. And the other one's name was Juan. I probably will never forget his name. But he said, I asked him, I said, hey, are you saved? He was like, what? I was like, okay, um, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? He was like, I'd go to hell. And that messed me up inside. Because I don't want to see anyone go to hell. And so I said, man, you don't have to go to hell. I said, you can know today and you can confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And today you can know that you will go to heaven if you was to die today. But he said, man, I'm too messed up. I, I've done too much. I said, I've done a lot. But God forgave me. And he can forgive you too. But he had a friend that was walking in front of him. And a friend kept walking. And he was trying to chase the friend. And he wouldn't give me the... And I walked with him as far as I could. But then I said, hey... I gave him a Jesus card. Said, man, I hope I see you one day. And from that moment on, I've prayed for Juan every day. I've prayed for Juan every day. And I've prayed for that other guy every day. And God know who he is. I don't know who he is. But God know who he is. But the reason I pray for him is because I realized that Jesus did that same thing for me. Because I was lost. I was out there and I, I didn't care about God at all. I, I grew up in church and I seen people who went to church. And I wanted nothing to do with that. And so I, I did everything I could to stay away from that. But it was because of God that he still loved me enough. And he said, I know you're going through a hard time. But I know one day you're going to be with me. In August 28, 2012, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. That, an, that prayer was answered, amen? And then I know we was talking about we're going to have testimonies with different things that we've been praying for. And one of my testimonies walked in tonight. And then you just say, 
Thank you, God. You're an amazing God. And just to know that God hears me when I pray, that God can hear you when you pray, but you have to pray. Of course, God can read our minds, but it's not about that. It's about speaking up and saying, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. Because if I wouldn't have said that prayer a week before August 28th, I don't know where I'd be right now. But I said, God, I need you. That's all I knew how to say. God, I need you. And he orchestrated a whole event to get me saved. Amen. Our God is an amazing God. Amen. And so if we all but just bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. Our God is an amazing God. And every person that is here tonight is here for a reason. Every person that is here tonight is is a part of that Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a part of that plan that God has for your life. You didn't just stroll in here by accident. God know exactly what he's doing. Maybe someone drugged you in here. Maybe you didn't know why you was coming to church. I don't know. But God knew exactly what he was doing. I got saved on a Tuesday night at a church on a Tuesday. It's hard to get people to come to church on a Sunday. But God do things that don't make sense to us. But I thank Him every day for that Tuesday night because if it wasn't for him I have no doubt I'd be dead or in jail right now but my God loves me and I'd just like to read one more verse in Jeremiah it says if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. If anyone among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, over him, anointing him with the oil and the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him if he has and he, if he has committed no sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was like, was with the nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that, we, that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years 
And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from his errors of his ways will, be, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I thank God that he turned me from my ways that he sent a lady to speak to me. But I asked you that same question that I was asked on that Tuesday night. Do you know Jesus tonight? I'm not asking you if you go to church tonight. I'm not asking you if you've been to church. I'm asking you tonight, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if that's and if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand this morning. I like this afternoon, I'd like to pray for you. Just put your hands up all over this place. Amen. And I'd like to ask that question that I asked Juan. If you die tonight, do you know where you spend eternity? Do you know with 100% assurity that you would go to heaven and spend eternity in heaven? And if you don't know for sure tonight, I'd like to pray for you. Just put your hands up and put it back down. I'd like to pray for you all over this place. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Maybe you've said the sinner's prayer before. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before. But you're living a life that if Jesus was right next to you living that same life, you're not sure if he'd be welcome. I'd like to pray for you tonight. Just lift your hand up and put it back down. I'd like to pray for you all over this place. Amen. Stand to your feet tonight. all to come down to the altar tonight. Just come find a place here this, this afternoon. Just find a place. Just spend some time with God as we sing a song.